Welcome to the Creating Us podcast, hosted by the Office of Leader and Culture Development. I'm Jason. And I'm Shelby. And we're excited to have you with us as we continue our journey through the simple truths of leadership. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we're going to be talking about Simple Truth 35. And in full transparency, we are joined today by our Vice Chancellor, Steve Sosland. And let's just be honest, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time because we caught him saying, we really want you to join us for this one. And in all seriousness, because this is a really important topic and one that we uh, are all have become really passionate about. The title of our simple truth today is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And it goes back to one of the key themes that we talk about, which is relationships. Mm-hmm. Shelby, when you read this simple truth, what are some of the key things that stand out for you? I think the key things that stand out to me are the higher you get in the organization, you tend to get to where you think you need to be the smartest person in the room and know everything. And that's not true. Everybody knows you, you're you not going to know everything about every topic that could come up. And really being able to be transparent with your, you know, the other team members that you are around, just sometimes saying, hey, I don't know that. And it's okay, just like you're not going to know everything, and that's okay. And really just um, building that trust with each other, that it's okay to not know everything. You know, and we've we've learned that in an earlier simple truth. Uh, we know the statement of, um, you know, we need to stop worrying that our teams think we know everything because they already know we don't. Right. But the role of developing quality workplace relationships. Mm-hmm. Steve, I'd love to get your thoughts. Why do we spend so much time? Because our office really does. But why do we spend so much time talking about developing relationships? Yeah. So first, uh, to you and Shelby, thank you for letting me join you today. Of the 52 truths uh, in the book, if I was going to recommend starting with any one of them, this would be it Mm -hmm. because building relationships is so critical. So why? Maybe one way to look at it, Jason, is to take the opposite of it. If we are doing our work every day, interacting with others, if we're not building relationships, then what are we doing? Mm -hmm. And I think many would say, well, then it's transactional work. Mm -hmm. And there is, there's a point in time for transactional work. We've got something to do. We do it. We're siloed away from others. We don't need to build a relationship. You know, just give me what I want. And I don't want to have a conversation with you. And I just want you to turn in your work and be done. And that would be transactional. What's the impact of, uh, of what happens with us when we're transactional with someone, when we don't build the relationship? And in so much of our work within the university system and all of our universities, and frankly, in most of the work that we do in our personal lives and the interactions we have with our personal lives, what percent, and um, let me ask you, what percent would you say of the interactions that you have with others are relational versus transactional? 
I think the majority of the contacts that we have and the things that we do, especially within our office, are relational. So much of the things that we do, we need to build the relationships with others within the system in order to get things accomplished. I don't think we could do much work without that relationship part. You know, and I would add to that, I think as much as we may want our interactions or those that we deal with to be transactional, I would say the majority of them turn out to be relational in the context of either small conversation or wanting to better understand who they are. Yeah. When I was in the army and uh, the ranger battalion, we had a, we had a saying that's been used by a lot of people. And that is um, go slow to go smooth, go smooth to go fast. Mm. And that is that a lot of times we think that we want to just get to the bottom line with somebody. So hurry up, don't give me any of the frivolous talk and, and let's just get to the bottom line of, of the work that we need to get done. And we think that that would be faster, but actually it goes, I think it highlights this simple truth 35, that if we take time to get to know people, we build a relationship with them, then they will quickly get to uh, what they need to do to help us when that time is right. Uh, I grew up, you know, in a small town. I live in a small town in Fredericksburg. We work in West Texas, mostly with our universities. And there's a culture here. And it's also in Wichita Falls. And that culture is people care about each other. They get to know each other. Then they will do things uh, for each other uh, that that helps each other out. I think it's it comes down to relationships versus transaction. And the importance of building relationships is that it gives us the opportunity to show people that we really care about them. And I think whenever you, you know, build those relationships, it makes it so much more fun to come to work. And not that that's what it's all about, but you, when you want to come to work, you want to do what you're, you know, maybe even more than what you're expected to do because you want everything to be smooth and you want everything to be the best that it can be. You know, and I, I would agree with you, Shelby, on that. It's, we spend a lot of time here. Mm -hmm. I think we want to have an enjoyable experience with those that we work with. So how do we then bring this to life and, and really this lesson? And Ken Blanchard and Randy Connolly give us some common, some practical ways that we can really get started. And this first one is something that, you know, you, Steve, have influenced in us and really inspired us in regards to remember people's names and use them often. Now, we've had the opportunity in our office to welcome, you know, new team members. We're, we're relatively new as, as it goes. And this is always, it's consistently been something that is one of the first conversations that we have. Remember people's names and use them. Mm -hmm. But where does this come from, Steve? Sure. I'll give you two sources for me. One was when I first read a book that is 87 years old and for any of you who've been to our office, you know that we have a lot of books <laughs> and you can walk into any of our spaces and you'll see lots of books for all, all four of us. And uh, one of the, the oldest books on my bookshelf uh, is How to Win Friends and Influence People 
by Dale Carnegie. It's a timeless book. Uh, like I said, it's 87 years old. And so in the context of the mid 1930s are some of the anecdotes. But one of the lessons that Carnegie has in his book is the most important thing that we can say to another person is their own first name. And I probably read that when I was a teenager and and I thought, okay, I'm going to set a goal, but it was hard to remember people's names. Fast forward, I'm Kelly and I uh, are Rachel and Rebecca's parents. And we had saved up frequent fire miles, you know, for several years. And we decided to take our, our daughters when they were young to take them to New York City. And the goal was we would take them to Broadway play. I think it was Wicked that we were going to see. And um, the girls were probably, Rachel was probably a teenager and Becca a couple years behind her. And we were walking. It was December. It was really cold in New York City. I remember we had our heavy winter coats on and we had gone to dinner and we were going to walk over to the theater to theater district. And we turned a corner and there was a, a man sitting on the sidewalk right where we turned and we nearly tripped over him. And I remember bringing, putting my arms around our two daughters and hugging them tight and I leaned over to him and I whispered, um, hey, remember, we're not in Texas anymore. Stay close to me. I want to keep you safe. And we kept walking and we walked another block. And at this time, we were on Fifth Avenue uh, in the shopping area. And I remember that I looked into one of the stores. It was an Izod shop. And I could see into the store, but I could also see my reflection because it was at night. And I saw me with my daughters, and that's when it really struck me what I had just done. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what kind of a role model am I to my own kids? Here was a man sitting on a sidewalk. I'm sure it's not what he wanted to be doing on a cold winter night in New York City. And what did I just do but let my kids know that it wasn't safe to be around him? That. That's not living the values that I wanted to live in my life. So I asked Kelly to keep walking towards the theater and I'd catch up and I'd catch up with them, the girls. And I, I turned around to walk back to where the man was sitting. I remember reaching into my heavy coat pocket and, and when I travel, I travel with $2 bills. I don't know. It's just a thing I've had. And um, I, I walked back and the man had a little cup in front of him and I bent over to just put some money in his cup. And then I thought, this is more than that. Mm -hmm. So I did something I'd never done before. I, I actually sat down and I held out my hand and I said, hi, my name's Steve. What's your name? And this man looked up a bit and, but didn't make eye contact. He just kind of lifted his head a little and he said, my, 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 name, my name's B -B -B Bill. And I have a speech impediment. So the first thought I had was, wow, uh, you know, I'm a lot like him. I mean, there's, there's not much that separates us. Uh, we, have a same, we have a similar condition. And although he may have just done that because he was really cold, but uh, um, it, it, nevertheless, it connected me with him. And I said, well, hi, Bill. It's, it's nice to meet you. And this time when I said his name, he 
he actually looked at me and he made eye contact. And uh, I saw this look in his eye, this sparkle in his eye that was pretty incredible. And then I stayed there for a few minutes, just interacting with him, asking him where he's from, things about his story, just wanted, wanting to get to know him just a bit. And I used his name a couple more times. And what, it, what I saw was that every time I used his name, his face got younger and his eyes got brighter. Now, some could say this was all in my head and maybe it was, but I would just tell you that my memory of that evening was that I used his name, his face got younger, his eyes got brighter, and there was a transformation, not from him. I don't know what transformation there was for him, but there was a transformation for me. I felt something, something happened that evening. And it was so deeply ingrained in me that the use of somebody's first name, that Dell Carnegie quote, uh, has a tremendous amount of meaning. And I committed from then on that I would commit to learning people's first names, doing whatever I could to use them to try to do whatever I could to make a difference. And I would tell you that whatever I ended up leaving in his cup wasn't nearly as valuable as what he gave to me. And then I went back and I made it right with my kids and I, uh, and I've retold the story to them and to now to their kids to help them understand the importance of interacting with everyone and using their names. I love that story. You know, and, and taking that and using it, you know, mm-hmm. we've, you know, Steve, you and I have had this conversation about the word yet. Um, I, I've been very uh, quick to say, oh, I'm not good at remembering names. And we, I, we've come across people who you know, will say the same thing. I, I'm not good at remembering names. But then using that word yet, mm-hmm. giving ourselves the opportunity to develop and to grow into that. And from there, you know, I now will, if I'm in a drive-thru or at a store or out and about, and if I see somebody's name tag, calling them by their name, it has become very enjoyable watching their reaction. Yeah. One of you give us an example of that, or maybe each of you give an example of when you've done that, what happened? So recently I was at, I was going through the um, Starbucks drive-thru, I was grabbing a coffee and there was a, a young man who was at the window. He wasn't the one taking the order, but he was the one handing out the coffee and accepting payment and all of that. And while we were sitting there, he had just said, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry, there's going to be just a little bit of a delay. And I looked at him and I was looking for that name tag. And thankfully, his name was sewn in his, um, uh, what do they call the apron, apron that they wear, yeah. you know. And so I said, Noah, thank you for that. And that that's okay. I said, how was your day today, Noah? And he was, uh, he just kind of stopped and he looked over at me. And we ended up having just a short conversation about, you know, how is your day? How is your weekend? Any days off coming? Simple, but yet it was impactful. And now every time I go through there, which we won't discuss how much I do because it's it's a problem. But when he's there, I can go up and say, hey, Noah, how are you today? And he's like, Jason, I'm doing well. And so just that ability to have that connection has just been been really impactful. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, every time that I go into like a convenience store or the 
or go through, um, you know, you've got Starbucks, I've got Taco Bell because I have an addiction to that as well. <laughs> but anytime that I go through a drive-thru, I really try to use um, their name because, you know, Steve, I think, I think you've told me this. The majority of the time, whenever you're going through a drive-thru or someone's checking you out at the grocery store, no one's really thinking of them as a person. They're thinking of them as the transactional type. They're taking my credit card. They're scanning my groceries, all of that. And it has been so cool to see whenever you do use their name, they they do kind of look at you like it's weird almost to them because they're not used to someone calling their name. And they're almost... <laughs> probably conditioned to people being rude to them. And so having that one, you know, person go through and actually acknowledge that they're, they are a human may change their day. I don't know, but just, you know, really seeing them as a person and using their name humanizes them. Yeah. Shelby, I love what you just said. And both of the examples of uh, that each of you gave is really great. Um, talking about changing somebody's day, recently Kelly and I had been flown back into Austin Airport to head home to Fredericksburg, and we had parked a car at a place called the Parking Spot, and our driver was Ezekiel. And so it was late at night. We had come in. Um, we were the only passengers on the bus, and we struck up a conversation with Ezekiel. And so how's your day? And he said, well, I've had better days. Hmm. And so we said, so do you want to talk about it? Is, is there something we can do to help make your day better? And Ezekiel said, uh, well, my grandmother died today. Yeah. And she's the woman who raised me. And, you know, there's that awkward moment of wow, didn't know this is where this was going to go, followed immediately by what an opportunity we have in this space and moment. Nobody else is here, just the three of us. So Kelly and I just engaged him and, and I asked him a question and I said, uh, I said, Ezekiel, I, I made a statement and I asked him a question. I said, Ezekiel, I'm sure that uh, you've got lots of great memories and I really hope that that's that you're left with many warm memories of your grandmother. And he stopped the bus. We were, we were on a bus and he pulled over to the shoulder. He puts the bus in park and then he just literally dropped his head and we were in the back of the bus and we could just tell he just started crying and sobbing. We could physically see him shaking. So we both just walked up and we put our arms around him and didn't say a word. And uh, then he just turns around. <laughs> We're on the shoulder on the side of Highway 71 in Austin. And he, he comes back and he sits back with us and he said, um, yeah, I've got a, I've got a memory. And uh, and, I, and let me tell you a story. And so we so Kelly said, what's your grandmother's name? He said, Mary Johnson. And so we said, we'd love to hear a story about Mary. And then he tells us this, this incredible story 
that happened when he was nine years old and somebody broke into their home and it was just Barry and Ezekiel in the home and and um, somebody was breaking in to rob them and his grandmother sends him to the closet to get a shoebox and he reaches up to get the shoebox and it's really heavy and he brings it over to her and she opens it up and there's a pistol in there. And this guy breaks through the door and there's Mary Johnson with the pistol. And he, le and he quickly leaves. <laughs> and Mary looks over at Ezekiel and said, nobody will ever harm you as long as I'm alive. And nobody's going to take our stuff. We've worked hard for this. Wow. And Ezekiel chose that moment to share that with us. And we, we ended up staying for another half hour, not on the side of the road. He got us back to our car. He didn't have anybody else to go pick up. And so we just stayed with him until he got his next call. Uh, and he said to us that he had not told anybody at work that his grandmother had died. He just wanted to, that he was scheduled. There wasn't anybody to take his shift. They were shorthanded. So he came into work that day. Wow. You know, and I think what an amazing opportunity by a simple, simple gesture. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it really resonates and goes back to that, you know, staying, you know, that we see all, all over. You never really know what someone is dealing with, you know, be kind. Mm -hmm. And I think at the same time, we're all human. We're all people. Um, be willing to ask someone their name. So Jason, what are the words for simple truth number 35? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Thanks for letting me join you today. Well, thank you for being in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> but, you know, as we think about the impact that this simple truth can have, remember people's names. Use them often. Strike up a conversation about them. Learn something about their lives outside of work. And this could be team members. It could be anyone you come into contact with. We have an opportunity to truly make an impact. You never know what that impact will be. So we encourage you to remember simple truth number 35. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Shelby, any final thoughts? I think this is just a really great one. And just like you said, Steve, this is definitely one that if you're just going to pick one, this is a good one to start with. So Absolutely. Steve, thank you again for joining us. Any parting words? Sure. When you're in Austin Airport and need to park a car, go to Parking Lot West for the parking spot. Hopefully you'll get a chance to meet Ezekiel. Wonderful. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Creating Us podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Shelby. And until next time, take care.